and Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Dr. Ronnie Cohen Sandler. And we're going to talk about her new book, Anything But My Phone Mom. She debunks many common myths and assumptions and offers evidence-based practical parenting strategies. I'm a mom, so that, this title really grabbed me, Ronnie. Oh, great. <laughs> How did you, uh, I know you've written an, another book before, maybe even a few, uh, how did you decide on this one? Why was this really close to your heart? So many reasons. So first of all, my publisher contacted me about two years ago and mm-hmm. wanted me to edit my my first book, um, which was by then 20 years old, for okay. like a 20th anniversary edition. It was about mothers and daughters. Yes. And I practically laughed because I said, there's no way I can edit this book and update it. I have to write a whole new book. And it was a wonderful vehicle for me to address the things I had been seeing in my practice over the number of years that cell phones and social media have been about. And what I'm seeing is just like a transformation. Parents are dealing with things that they've never dealt with before. And it's very daunting. Yes. You know, I I mentioned before we started, so I have two daughters and technology has been good, but it's been really, really bad. There's moments we've had these conversations of seeing something that you weren't invited to, comparing the size of your thighs, your outfit, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't even imagine what it's like to live in a world of social media with, you know, I mean, I grew up, as I said, I grew up in Connecticut and New York and there were no phones and you know, no cell phones. And it's just a whole new world. And I feel like it's been detrimental to so many. I think that it's been positive in so many ways mm-hmm. um, and, and potentially negative in yeah. other ways, you know, um, on the positive side. And I, I do want to emphasize this because I think that parents who have a kind of balanced view of it, who can be even handed, I yeah. think have a better chance of talking with their kids about it. Because if you come in with this attitude that it's horrible, then it's going to be tough. Right. Exactly. But What I want to say is that um, what I've seen is that it provides a way for many girls to feel like they have a connection or connections outside of school. Yes. For some school is in a happy place. They just don't find, you know, their group. And with social media and the internet, they're able to find communities, maybe people who share their interests. Um, So many have learned new skills, um, have turned them into little like careers, like entrepreneurial kind of things. Mm -hmm. They're learning new things. It's really wonderful. On the other hand, as you say, girls are very vulnerable to negative comparisons. Yes. What I also want to tell moms though, is that the internet didn't uh, invent this. Okay. Girls have been comparing themselves. I'm sure since the beginning of time, uh, how their thighs stack up to everybody else's thighs and what their outfits, how their friends relate to their outfits. Mm -hmm. But now that it's on social media, um, it has the potential to be more damaging. Definitely. Yes. Because, and one of the things we have to do is educate them about the fact that no one else is posting the times when they feel insecure or the times when they were alone or when they were sad, they're posting, they're carefully curating their, yes. their feeds. Right. And so right. we have to teach them that. Yes. Because otherwise and it might not be know. reality. Correct. Right. 
Right. You know? It's it's probably not reality or it's exaggerated. And sometimes there's absolute misinformation. So sure. that's part of our role is teaching them about that. And I agree. I remember uh, finding an account on TikTok. I love this um, dancer. I can't remember her name right now, but she dances with her mom and she's a professional dancer and she does these choreographed moves. It's hysterical. So I think you can find the gems in technology and ways to connect with your daughter in really wonderful ways. I've seen, I'm sure you have on TikTok, you know, grandmothers dancing, grandfathers, people of all ages doing all kinds of shuffle dance, whatever it is. It's been incredible. You know, you're just reminding me that one of the things that I think has happened as a result of technology is that instead of watching TV with your daughter, as I used to do when my daughter was a teenager and I used to watch whatever shows were on at that time with her. Okay. It was not only a way that we could be together, but also it was a way to talk about the issues of the day. Sure. You know, I remember, I remember watching party of five and talking about, you know, was she was one of the girls in an abusive dating relationship or, you know, things like that. Yes. Um, well, now everybody's on their own devices. And so kids are not watching TV in the family room anymore. They're watching TV or on their computers, on the computer. videos, Yes, right? Um, and that's a shame, but you raise a good point that if you're using social media, if you're meeting your daughter halfway and you're watching TikTok videos with her, then you have that same kind of opportunity to have fun right. and to talk about important issues and to convey your values. I agree. I agree. I, I, I've seen so much creativity in the past two years, and it's been absolutely beautiful. Uh, give us a sense of the book, the layout of the book, um, some maybe some few key things. Sure. So in the beginning of the book, I sort of lay the groundwork for what parents are dealing with right now, how the adolescent landscape has changed, transformed completely, even from when maybe mothers raised a daughter who's now in their twenties. Right. Right. Um, and I talk about, um, everything that's changed technology. I talk about the kinds of things that teenagers are worried about these days. Um, there's so much more socially conscious, right. The environment. Amazing. Amazing yeah. Right. And that's, that's a positive thing, but parents have to be prepared for yes. that. And I talk about how families have changed. I talk about how, you know, girls are uh, looking up uh, their DNA, you know, online and finding out about oh. long lost relatives mm -hmm. or they're adopted or they're, you know, all kinds of kinds of uh, things. Um, and so those things come up a lot in terms of identity and, and family discussions. Yeah. In the second part of the book, it's kind of like the skills. I talk about what I consider to be the best approaches to parenting. Um, and I kind of call it an intentional approach. And so I talk about how mother-daughter relationships can, can be built in a way that encourages openness and trust and all of that. Um, I talk about communicating. Um, every generation needs a reminder of how to communicate uh, with teens, but especially now because mothers and daughters have all these different ways of communicating. Definitely. So how do you know whether to call your daughter on the phone or whether to send her a text or, you know, does she ever use email and 
Yes. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. I, I um, want to, before I just want to interject one thing because you sure. made a really good point. It's if people are watching this, listening, and you don't understand Gen Z, do your homework because oh, there's, there's so amazing. I'm in the process of writing my second book and it's about oh. the mental health of Gen Z. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> so important to understand all the wonderful things that they stand for. I mean, my daughter, I was doing work a year and a half ago and she says, mom, will you come with me to a protest? Are you kidding? To spend time with my daughter? I mean, you go through phases. Sometimes there'll be walls up. Sometimes that you can't get through to them. When your daughter asks you to go do something, make you do yourself it. available. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. It really opened things up between us and opened my eyes to this generation and all the things that they're, you know, feeling so passionate about. I absolutely agree with you. And in fact, one of my chapters in this second section is mothering the daughter you have. And I love what you just said, because it's such an example of how mothers can make the most of what their daughters are about and what they're bringing to the table by not having preconceptions. So yeah, last year, you might've asked your daughter to go to some kind of an event to support a politician or an event. And your daughter would have said, no, there's no way. No way. Uh, No way. (laughs) And, And then the next year she's inviting you to something like this and you're discovering a whole different part of her and a strength of her generation. Right. So, yeah, I think that's great. And Um, I think also sometimes as adults, we might have apathy about something or we just don't, we don't think think that's so important. I mean, look what Greta did with climate change. Millions of students walked out of school. I mean, I would have done that at that age or any age. That's a beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I I was saying to someone recently that I had been in practice for multiple decades and not until a few years ago had I ever, ever, ever had anyone in my practice under the age of, you know, 25 ever mentioned to me something about politics. And it was a 12 year old girl. And that started a whole trend. Nowadays, it's unusual for young people not to say something to me or not to kind of feel me out a little bit about my politics. You know, they want to know where is she coming from and Mm -hmm. what are her beliefs, you know? And of course we're living in a very polarized time now, Yes, but it, but it's, it's more, I think an example of this generation of how caring they are and how passionate they are. And in fact, I ended the book talking about how impressed I was with this generation and how I know girls growing up today have so many great role models. Yes. I agree. Not only are they breaking into fields that they've never, and you know, their firsts, um, I mean, vice president, but also I was thinking about Amanda Gorman. Oh, I know. Oh my God. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. I know. I only, I know we only have about two minutes, but I want to ask you a probably maybe a common question from moms. What do you do when there's a wall up and you feel like you can't get through to your daughter and all they, they are on their phone or they're shutting you down? Like, how do you, how do you break through or suggest maybe they come to talk to someone like you? 
Yes, it's hard to know when that happens. I, you know, I would say that mom's gut feelings are very important here to mm-hmm. go with your gut. So if you feel like your daughter has always been kind of quiet and she's not into talking very much, but otherwise she seems to be functioning well, mm-hmm. you know, you're not seeing any red flags and and how she's doing, then what I would say is try to be creative and get out of that rut that you're in. Yes. Um, so I'm a big believer in different environment. So if your daughter isn't uh, apt to take you up on an offer to go on a hike, let's say, meet her some, you know, halfway, Uh, go somewhere, ask her if she wants to go to a concert or she's interested in museum or whatever it is that she's interested in. Um, Take her out of the home and so that you can meet her on sort of more neutral grounds. Okay. I think the concert is a great one. Yeah. The concerts work also, um, maybe stereotyped, but my daughter, when she was this age, um, was shopping, you know, I couldn't stand shopping. And so my dad, my dad, my husband, her father mm-hmm. would take her to all these little shops in the village right. that, you know, that I didn't want to go to. And he had this great relationship with her because of that. Amazing. I mean, I had a great, yeah, good relationship yeah. for other things, but sure. so I'm saying, you know, those are the kinds of things that I would do. Yes. But if in your gut, you feel like something's not right and you just feel like you can't get to it, mm-hmm. um, then I think you can um, see if talking with a mental health professional Um, even for just like an initial consultation um, can give you a better sense of things, at least to reassure you. And if not to figure out a path where you you can get her and yourself some help. We have to wrap up. What's your website? My website is RonnieCohenSandler.com and it has a ton of information for parents. I'm always posting things. I have a blog. I have a newsletter. Fantastic. Congratulations. Such an important book. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking to you.